since Mother's Day today. Okay. And I think, you know, mothers have been a lot about passion courage, I guess. Even I'm, I'm not a mother myself, but Achamata, she has a son. And all the mothers who are here today or our mothers at home or our mothers who have passed away, I saw that we can kind of dedicate the benefits of, of the practice today to the, all of them. And also to a little girl who is called Piper Kathleen. She's three and a half years old and she has been diagnosed with uh, diabetes and she will have to take medication from now onwards for her whole life, most likely. So to also share merits with her and with her mom. And whoever you know you'd like to share the merit of this day of practice together with, you can just, um, you know, make it dedication in your mind and and be conscious of what you want to do with that with that that positive energy and the, the renunciation and the courage you bring into today by giving up a, a whole Sunday you know where you could do so many other things so this requires renunciation and also to come here and look inside yourself that requires courage and and those two qualities, they, they kind of benefit each other. If, if there is a certain amount of renunciation, you need courage for that. And if you see the benefits of renunciation, that fuels your courage. So it's like a, a beneficial cycle you can start to set in motion by doing that together with us maybe first and together in a group. And then you can do it on your own, hopefully as well. That's just like... Um, a start-up day today, and then keep going with that practice for your whole life, I hope. And I have put a heart here on the shrine because the word courage comes from the Latin word heart, strength of heart. And I think that's a very important quality to um, cultivate making a conscious choice that there's something in our life that is more important than repeating old ways of doing things, you know, shying away from, from feeling these unpleasant feelings. So it's despite of those feelings of fear and mind state of doubt maybe or hesitation and, and wanting, wanting to turn away from from that which is perceived a problem, which has arisen in our lives. And just nevertheless going into it, not like in a, you know, in a careless way, but kind of in a collected and in a aware way, being aware of the feelings, but at the same time holding also that which in our mind, which matters to us. So, and because of that, we, we, we're gonna take that step. We're gonna confront that fear. And as Arjun Mehta said before, very often it turns out to be that the fear of the fear is much bigger than the fear itself. It's just like thinking about it makes much more out of it than just, just doing it. And I have experienced that quite a few times in my life. And, and, uh, and I must say, every time when I, when I did go despite of the fear, when I made that step despite of the fear, it always turned out to be the right, be a good thing, you know, in hindsight in my life.
and I have made really big steps. And then now looking back, it was always a, a better to do it than not to do it. You know, there's if the. I think it's it's much worse, you know, to look back onto one's life and haven't taken, you know, haven't haven't been taking risks and then regretting because then it's it's too late. So I think it's better to take to take risks and to confront these feelings, but not like in a haphazard way, but in a in a in a way which is in accordance which matters most for us, so that we can really you know embody in our life that which matters most to us, which is yeah, like, I suppose, you know, for you coming here, it has something to do with, with uh, you know, living in accordance with, with the truth and uh, embodying that. And the word, I don't know if you have thought about it, but the word spiritual, there's two parts. The, the second part is ritual, and, and ritual means enacting truth basically, or enacting that which matters most to you. So, you know, if you want to be leading a spiritual life, you have to act on, one you, on what you know to be true. And sometimes, you know, that which we know to be true, it actually brings up quite some fear in us because we are not sure what's going to happen. It might be worse than it is now. So we don't want to make certain steps because we are afraid. And... And if we can embrace that, you know, that what we know to be true and that which matters to us so much, and as well also our fear, our hesitation and our doubt, and hold it both, like embrace it both, and then uh, act, from, act from that. It's not like suppressing the fear or pretending, you know, that, we, that it's not here or taking all kinds of different substances, you know, to, to not feel it. I mean, it has all, all been tried by many people, but it doesn't, doesn't lead to very good results. But awareness does. And I think the last meditation which Arjun Mehta has been leading, when you are in that state, yeah, when awareness is really fully there and you feel really full and f feels balanced and nourished and there's, you know, there's no problem, then Fear is not a problem. It's just like an energetic pattern arising and ceasing like anything else, you know, like a sound of a bird or uh, anything. It's just moving through like clouds, moving through the sky or like the waves on the top of the ocean. They are just what they are and they, they have a beginning, a middle and an end and we don't have to, you know, fuss around with them because they go their way and it's none of our business. And I think, you know, if you have had the good fortune to experience it a few times in your life, then a certain amount of, of uh, faith develops and that's not like a blind believing in, in what we are saying or what you read somewhere or what, you know, you have heard somewhere. But it's, it comes from personal experience and, and that's... That's also like, for example, both like courage, courage and renunciation. They are both considered parameters, trans, you know, transcendent qualities which, which lead the mind out of bondage. They, in in the in our tradition, in the 
Theravadan Pali tradition, there's 10 parameters. This is the 10 transcendental qualities which, you know, a Buddha has developed to the fullest of the capacity, to full enlightenment, and us, you know, we are all kind of stumbling along and, and uh, also <laughs> trying to do the same thing. And, and courage comes under the parameter energy, which is virya in Pali, and renunciation is nekama in Pali. So there are two out of ten. And also today we have been practicing definitely dana parami, by, you know, you offered us food, for example. That's also the first one. And sila, which is um, ethics. Also, you couldn't do many things here today, so we have been keeping good ethics as well. So we have been practicing four already out of, of, of ten. So it's not, it's not kind of an impossibility for people to do, but it's, it's, uh, it's good you know, to pay attention that, that those you know, daily qualities which we need for, for anything in life to accomplish, because for anything you, you want to accomplish, you need to make a decision, I want to do this, and if you do this, you can't do that at the same time. So there's always a certain element of making boundaries, which you can actually compare with you know, a, certain, it's a certain facet of renunciation. And, and then, you know, to follow it up, you need energy and for courageous energy. It can be also translated, you know, to stay with it. Not when the first obstacle comes, you know, to just kind of turn away. That's, you know, what, is co what's, what would be considered like the enemy, quote-unquote, of energy, of courageous energy. That's in the scriptures, that's called sloth and topor. You know, just wanting to go to sleep, not wanting to deal with the problems. And then sometimes maybe, you know, it can masquerade also like as compassion. I mean, I don't mean real compassion, but kind of, you know, uh, just being, not being bothered to do anything. And, and just calling it compassion with oneself because you just allow yourself, you know, to just indulge in this or indulge in that. So... It, it takes a real willingness to look at, uh, you know, at the intention, at the motivation, why we are making a choice or why we are not making a choice. And if there is fear there or doubt, then that should not prevent us you know, from, from acting on what we know to be true, but it can be just part of that action is to be aware of the, those so-called unpleasant feelings. And as far you know, as I can see through watching my own mind, I mean, you know, having the um, capacity to be with unpleasant feeling is something not easy to do. I'm sure you've all noticed. And our whole society is very much caught, you know, in, in, in trying, of course, without any uh, much success to escape unpleasant feeling by doing a lot of consuming and uh, creating more and more unpleasant uh, repercussions. And so it just doesn't work that way. Running away from unpleasant feelings, you know, doesn't work. And but what does work is, is stopping and, and opening 
and transforming that energy. And I don't know if you have ever seen uh, some Kuan Yin's, not this one, but some Kuan Yin's are sometimes depicted that they are standing on a on a dragon, you know, and they're riding that energy, this wild energy, you know, this wild energy of of all different objects which can arise in the mind, you know, like terror and fear and love and all those energies, you know, which are actually, we don't have any control over them, what is, what is arising next. But if we, if we have a practice and if we have um, a certain amount of understanding, then we can, instead of, you know, being eaten up by the dragon and, uh, or being kind of under it, we, we can stand on it like a surfer on the beach and we can surf that energy, we, we can use it. Or sometimes it's also compared to, you know, you go into your garden and you pull out the weeds, like for example, fear, doubt, all of those mindsets. And then you take the weeds and you dig them into the garden and through that you make that garden much more abundant. Because it's, it's, there's nothing which is not impermanent which arises in the mind. So for example, you know, those scary emotions, if we have the understanding, you know, and, and enough equilibrium that we can really embrace them, as you did in the last meditation, then, then these very hindrances, you know, can turn into actually, can turn into flowers in your garden. And those flowers is the flowers of wisdom and compassion, because once you have seen, you know, your, your own mind, how it works, you can extrapolate onto the mind of other people, because we are all very, very similar. We have slightly different patterns because of our upbringing and our karma, as we say in Buddhism, but basically there's not so many different feelings or, or emotions. We all, there's just like kind of a don't know how many, but not many, you know, like greed and hatred and jealousy and elation and joy. And there's many positive and negative, so to say, in terms of experience. And, you know, we all share a different potpourri of, of those. So it's not difficult to extrapolate onto how other people experience situations. And that's actually, that's the essence of compassion. To be able to, to understand, you know, where, how somebody is at the moment and then respond in the same way as you would wish that somebody would respond to yourself. So, you know, having that courage to look into yourself and, you know, persevering with that bringing up the energy to do that and not retreating into slot and torpor, for example. Not going to sleep, but just waking up and using those uh, very arisings of, of unpleasant feeling as like kind of a wake-up call. Hey, there's something I have to look because there is something, uh, some kind of a resistance there. And just looking into that, 
not by kind of philosophizing about it and making like um, you know like a big investigation, but more opening uh, the mind and allowing that uh, energy just to be there, what it is, feeling it and you know uncoiling itself like a snake would uncoil itself. Because naturally that is what's going to happen if you shine the light of awareness onto it, instead of just trying to push it away or contracting around it, collapsing you know, around it, imploding or whatever. Not, you know, not following that, um, that downward pull, but just taking the space and giving the space. And the meditation posture is, is very much an expression of that, as I have said in the first meditation, that you know, make really um, take really note of your posture, that you express that, that you know, that this is like a self empowerment, really, instead of just hanging there like that in the chair and going to sleep. You know, you're just really sitting there and giving it a space to arise. And that's, that's a choice we can make. And it, it, it does um, require courage, but, but it, you know, the reward for that decision is definitely worth it. Because this is when how faith develops, you know, through experience, not through anything. You, you are not, uh, we are not speaking about blind faith, you know, it's not about, in Buddhism you don't have to believe anything. It's just, you know, some suggestions which you can just neutrally, you know, accept for a certain amount of time and investigate for yourself. Everything can be investigated and then you can see for yourself what we have said today or what you can read in books, if that's really true or not. And that is true faith because that can really help you in your own lives because that's available. You can um, remember because sometimes when one has a real deep insight, you can, you can recall that occasion again and again in times of hardship, so to say. You know, you have a certain amount of... Uh, there's a few things which happened, for example, in my practice, where I can always recall that back if I need to. And that really helps me. Or, for example, you know, recalling uh, some people which you consider as, as great examples. For example, uh, Mahatma Gandhi or Nelson Mandela or Rosa Parks or some of the, of the real great people you know, who, who were very courageous and in the face of great um, danger or where they had a lot of you know, people who wanted to harm them, they still kept like an open heart and they kept going. They were not fighting back in the same way as people were fighting them, but they just knew what was true and they just acted on it. So that, I feel, can also help, you know, sometimes if we're going through something very difficult to remember beings who have shown formidable courage in their lives and through that they have been inspiring many people and they have been opening up areas you know for people where nobody else has been venturing before and also like you know there's also great um, spiritual masters of course who have 
it's you know that can help too to just read biographies of those people or look at, at photos of those people and just connect with that um, power which is so much greater than a, a human being but it's, it's just some people who are really opening themselves to that they become like a channel of that because it doesn't you know it's not belonging to anybody in particular but you you can choose you know to let that give that space to flow through you and, or or not basically and it it will come and it will become you know it will take flows stronger and stronger to an individual if that individual has integrity and is acting on what that individual knows to be true and is not kind of faced by fear and doubt and all of those things. Which doesn't mean that the individual is not experiencing those states, but not being, um, you know, taken over by it. And for that, a practice, yeah, a regular practice, is very helpful. And and like and spiritual friends, of course, very very important. And also, you know, when when it comes to the point that we have to make a decision, and and we don't, we, we never know what's gonna happen. You know, if we make a decision, will we succeed or we, will we not succeed? If we don't try, we won't know. And, for example, I have, it's a good thing, for example, to ask yourself, you know, what is the worst possible outcome if I, if I follow that, um, if I make the decision, what is the worst possible outcome? Can I, can I live with that? And then ask yourself, what is the best possible outcome? And can I live with that? And if you look deeply, I think it's very rarely that we come to a decision that we cannot live with anything because we can. And then you, you, you have to find out for yourself, you know, if that's, if you want to take that step or not. And I really have to say, the big decisions in my life, and, and when, I, when I wasn't able, you know, to, to look around the corner, I just saw the next step. And then, you know, you make one step and then you see the next step. And the next step. And then if you really, you know, come from the center of your being, what really matters the most to you, it's, it's always going to be all right. If you are, you know, watching the intention where, where you are coming from, if that, you know, that wisdom and compassion which is available to you at, at that point of your development, if, if your intention is, you know, for the benefit of all sentient beings, including yourself, of course, then... The outcome can only be a wholesome one. Even, you know, it mightn't immediately bear the fruit you, you are aspiring to. But it's, it's, it's baby steps, the, the whole practice and everything. And sometimes, you know, bigger, abundant, you know, things suddenly happen for some time and then it stops again. And then it's again small steps and we don't have any control over it. But what we can 
control is, you know, that, that we can be as honest as possible with ourselves and really acting on what we know to be true. And, and that energy, or courageous energy, perseverance, you know, through, it's like when you go, when you train in any kind of a sport or anything, when you start, you know, in the beginning, like, for example, running or whatever, in the beginning you can, you, you just can, cannot run very fast and very long. But then when you train yourself, it's getting, it's getting better and better and it's the same. I think also with courage and with perseverance in the practice also in the meditation. Or, you know, when you're learning to play an instrument or something, in the beginning it's just like hopeless. But then it certainly does change through repetition and through not giving up, you know, and through bearing through all of the ups and downs. And in the practice it's just the same. It's just like learning to play the piano or, or any instrument. It needs time and it needs, needs dedication. And the good thing is, you know, you don't have to carry a piano around with you because you can meditate anywhere. I mean, that's really good, isn't it? Because chairs you can find and cushions. So it's actually not that difficult. So that's a positive thing, isn't it? Yeah, and the renunciation. It's like, you know, renunciation in, in this kind of a consumerist society here on the West Coast, it's kind of really like a... A scary word. This is where I like to say it because it, it sounds so kind of a renunciation, kind of nobody wants to hear it. And therefore, I think it's a good word to say actually because just notice that what it brings up in you this kind of no, I don't want to know anything about renunciation because that's only something for, for people who are like kind of holier than a pope or something like that. But really, in this time and age, I think it's, I think more and more people become aware that. If we as a, as a society are not, are not kind of opening up to some very unpleasant um, information and you know, what concerns how we are dealing with the environment, how we, you know, how we are relating to the planet, how we are relating to the plant kingdom, how we are relating to the animal kingdom, that this is actually not sustainable. And... I think it's, you know, when, when we hear that, we just think, I don't want to hear it because I don't know what to do. I mean, not that I know what to do either, but I think if I don't let it in, I'll never know what to do. So first, you know, you, this is courage. First, you just let the information in. You don't have to know what to do, but just let the information in. And then, you know, if, if more and more people let that information really come through to the heart, I mean, I'm sure together we'll, we're going to be able to do something, you know, or at least it's better to do something than not to do something. So I think it all starts with, yeah, with opening up to, to what is and, and holding steady with whatever information, you know, has to be taken in, as unpleasant as it is sometimes. Because that's really food, food for, like, you know, the weeds in the garden. This has to be, it has to be processed, it has to be transformed. And awareness is the supreme transforming agent. 
you don't have to do anything. You just, just don't block it out. And trust that awareness, which is that which has been there before you were born and which will be there after you have been dying. Because that's, that's the essence of all there is. And it has started 13.7 billion years ago with the Big Bang. This is what science says, at least, you know, and it's, it's, it's still evolving and we are all part of this. And for 13.7 billion years, I mean, it has always known what to do. So it's, I don't think it will stop now. But if we kind of open up to that movement, you know, to that process, then we are just part of it. We're anyway part of it. We can't get out of it. But if we are resisting against it, then we are, the suffering will be ours. <laughs> but if we are opening up to it, then at least uh, we are in tune with what is happening, and that's better than not to be. So, yeah. The courage, you know, to open up to what is and then the renunciation to make the boundaries what is really important. You know, where do I want to put my energy in? Do I want to kind of, you know, distract myself or do I want to kind of uh, hone in, you know, and want to what is really important? That's what we we have the power to, to make the choice. And as I said, you know, it's, it's like learning an instrument. Over time, it's getting easier. Because once, you know, you have played the first thing and people have applauded you, then, oh, you know, I can't do it, actually. And then, and then another one and another one. And then you can take on more and more. So one just has to, has to just try. And of course, you know, the, the learning is just you know, to really develop all of the ten parameters to perfection is countless lifetimes. But the earlier you start, you know, the, the earlier you, you are a true human being because that's our capacity. This is why the Buddha said, you know, the human birth is the, is the best realm of all six um, realms to be born into because in the human birth we have, you know, this balance between pleasure and pain, which, which is, is just right for, for developing an incentive to, to practice. Because if you have too much pleasure, like being a heavenly being, you have no incentive to practice, not enough pain. And, you know, being in another realm under the human birth, too much pain, no time to practice, too much suffering. So... This is the perfect place to be. It's a very fortunate situation. And I also forget it sometimes. Don't worry. Uh, (laughs) But I I hear myself saying it again and again. And then, yeah, that's true. It is true. I have have read something recently, and I thought, I'm going to see if that's not a good thing. This was actually, I've heard that, uh, in an interview, a woman saying, you know, in order to build character, she always, she has developed a practice which she does every day at the end of the day. She she asks herself four questions for, for integrating what she has experienced that day. 
And I thought it might be interesting for you too. I found it, found it interesting. And she, she asks herself, who or what inspired me today? So, you know, if she has met somebody or had an experience which was inspiring, just make a mental note if there has something happened today. And then who or what has challenged me today? And who or what has surprised me today? And who or what has touched me today? So those four questions, I find that can be very, um, you know, open ourselves more to the wonder of, of life. And there's actually so much there in our daily lives. But because of certain routines which we are having and, and rushing and so much responsibility and... and um, maybe sometimes depression and like just shutting down. A lot of it is escaping us, actually. A lot of, of um, inspiration, challenge, surprise, and, and real connection with the heart, which we can actually use for cultivating wisdom and compassion. Everything which comes into our space, quote-unquote, is there for us, is teaching us, and is there, it has a function to help us, you know, to to develop further, which means to open up more and more. And as, as, a, as a kind of society or as a human race, now we are coming into a, into a space, basically, you know, where there's a lot of uh, impending crisis, basically, if you, if you have heard. I think it's, about, it's very important to to understand that this is also a, ch a chance for learning. There's quite a lot of people who compare it, you know, with that giving birth, you know, a mother giving the mother universe or mother earth, giving birth to a new human being, you know, living on this planet. And there's, you know, and as you might know before, a baby comes out, it gets quite toxic in the womb. And the baby has to come out because it can't, if it stays in, it's going to die. And that's meant, you know, that the, the old consciousness. So if you doubt what I'm saying, that's absolutely understandable. But just, I think it's a good idea to just reflect on that, you know on the possibility that what we're experiencing now as a society has a function, actually. And, but we can use that opportunity only if we have courage so that we can take in what is happening and then we can make the steps in terms of renunciation so we can tackle that uh, transition. And I think places like here, you know, Spirit Rock and... Uh, where you can come and where you can get instructions how to, you know, make, make a strong container so that, that all of us, we can be vehicles for that transformation to occur because it has to occur through us. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.